0: All right, man, you guys are real Christians. You're here morning and night. Are you doing good? All right, turn to the person next to you and say, you just sung like an angel. Come on, just now. Sing, now Now turn to that other person that you didn't turn to and say, you were not too bad yourself. Come on, you, you know, the person you didn't turn to first. Yeah, that's right. All right, you're ready, we're going to pray. Is that good? Come on, I got this new I got this new um thought about, you know, worship because sometimes I think we've got to be so careful we don't just get familiar. Sometimes I think it's so important we don't just go through the motions. Uh and so I've got this new thought about worship. What is a worship pose? You know when the worship leader says, Come on, lift your hands. I always think I sometimes I see people do this. You know what I mean? And I'm again what kind of a what kind of a worship pose is that kinda of, You know, and then there's people who kinda go like this. But I I think the new I I just said this for Wave Church and I'm gonna have a good bit of a crack at it here this morning. I I think a really good worship pose is elbows above the ears. Are you hearing me? And we had this Navy SEAL get in our church, he's the commander of a team and he says to me, Pastor, I get a law He goes, I love the thought of serving in church, I love the thought of, you know, being uh, involved in, you know, ministry and leadership. He goes, I get giving. I don't struggle with that. You put on an event, I'm there. He goes, I'm all in. He goes, there's just one thing I struggle with. I said, What's that? He goes, I struggle with lifting my hands. He goes, I want to. Everybody else around me does, but I just can't bring myself to get my hands in the air. And I said, I know what your problem is. He goes, What is it? I said, Well, you're a Navy SEAL. You were never trained to surrender and for you actually to get your hands in the air is a sign of surrender which to you is a thought of weakness but my friend you better understand the Bible says blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war my fingers for battle and God made you a warrior and whilst you never surrendered to your enemy God is not your enemy so I just want to say to you you of all people should have your hands the highest in the air and from that day on he never ever I'd look out over the stage I'd look at him his hands are up he'd wink at me and then he went on to other military careers and he just was visiting our church last Sunday and I saw him and he's no different I looked at him he winked at me he had his hands way up in the air come on everybody let's lift our hands to the Lord Father we today lift our hands as a sign of surrender Lord to let you know that we want to praise you you are the Lord our God it is you who has made us we are made in your image and Lord I'm asking you today for this word This message, may it bring about the life change. May it bring about inspiration. Lord, I pray today in the name of Jesus, it would even be a revelation for people today that would literally help propel them into their God-given future. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise God. You could be seated. Of course, there is nothing worse than somebody who says, come on, get your hands in the air. And then he preaches a whole sermon while you're holding your hands in the air. And then he keeps telling you, or she keeps telling you to keep your hands up. And it gets easy for you because you're standing there talking. But I'm the poor guy. Anybody ever felt like that sometimes? My son's the worst at that. He gets, he said, well, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. And then he said, come on, stand up, stay standing. Stay. And I go, could you please let us sit at some point in time? Just a few thoughts out loud. Have you turned on the news lately? If you turn on any television? You can turn on CNN. You can turn on CNBC, you can turn on the ABC, you can turn on, you know, NBC, you can turn on Fox News, and depending on what channel, you're going to hear a different rhetoric about the, that the same story, but two different interpretations of the same story. This is not a political message, I promise you. But have you, have you turned it on and heard so much of a cry for help? We hear another person that has been in in the immigration system that has been a child taken away from its mother, and about the broken system of politics, or about the conflict. You turn it on, and and if you you know, and if you watch, if you if you like watch Fox News, you think the world's coming to an end. Then you turn on CNN, and the world's coming to an end. And then you hear about what's happening. In the police force and I love the police I will always be a cheerer for our police force but there are some challenges even within that system of justice there are some weaknesses there are some bad apples and we don't know who to trust. And our politicians, we we don't know who to trust. We hear one story until we hear the other side of the story. Then we don't know which story's right. And and then, you know, you think about what's happening globally in our world. And you hear about the talk about this potential coming recession. And then you hear about what's happening in our city and about somebody who got murdered last night. You turn on the news and you read the newspaper and it's like, we've we've lost two firemen. and, And where are they? We don't don't know where they are and let's like there's this there's this cry for help there's a there's a even in the church world we hear about maybe pastors that once led great lives and lost their testimony and we don't know who to trust anymore we don't know which net which network even to watch we don't know what politician is actually giving us the whole story we don't know what media outlet is giving us the whole story we don't know who to trust there is a cry through all that that I believe is not about the news and again I want to make it clear this is not a political message amen God's not a Republican and God's not a Democrat God's not even American are you hearing me amen I love what Semi Rodriguez says we don't worship an elephant or a donkey we worship the lamb amen so I'm not trying to make this introduction a political statement because I really have no political statement to make What I am trying to say is when you hear all this uncertainty and pain and angst and raw wars and rumors of wars and broken system and broken people and broken leaders with broken promises, I want to promise you what's really going behind the scenes is what I hear is a cry for help. And the cry that I hear is not about the the headline. It's just the world crying out, Somebody, please lead me. Will somebody please stand up and lead and give clarity and direction and offer authenticity? Somebody please lead me. There is a cry for leadership. Would you agree? Matter of fact, in this environment where they're so hostile right now, and again, I want to make it clear, not a political statement. I have no political statement to make. But I watched the process of our most recent Supreme Court judge nomination. And again, I'm not saying he's innocent or guilty. You'll figure that out for yourselves. What I'm thinking is, if you wanted to be the next judge to be nominated, why would you submit yourself to that process? And it seems to me that there's this sense of, you know, anyone who is a person that would step up in the leadership would think twice about leading in this environment because it's so hostile. Would you agree with that at least? Some with me, 1 Samuel 22 and verse 1, and I want to show you this message. It's called, Somebody Please Lead Me. There is a cry for help in our world. The Bible says in Romans that all of creation is moaning and groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of the living God. The Bible tells me that the world is waiting for you and I, the church, to be all that God's called us to be in Jesus' name, to step up and lead. Because if we don't, can I tell you this, illegitimate leaders will stand up and take the vacuum that we create. Amen. Look at what the Bible says, David left Gath and escaped escaped the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, he went down there to him, and all those who were in distress, and all those who were in debt, and all those who were discontented, gathered around him, and he became their senior pastor. And there was about four hundred men that followed him. What I love about this is David actually was a leader, and David was willing to lead and The Bible says people gathered around David. I want you to notice it doesn't say it was the biggest, baddest, best people that gathered around them. It says everybody that was distressed, everybody that was in debt, everybody that was discontented. How many know there's a lot of distress in our nation today? How many know there's a lot of debt in our nation today? How many know there's a lot of discontented people in our nation today? But these people gathered around somebody who was still willing to lead Look what the Bible says here. I'm going to read to you an Old Testament parable. Now, I've not heard this sermon, this text ever preached on in my whole Christian life. And when I read it, I went, what on earth does this parable mean? So I had to look into it because we know in the Old Testament, Jesus talked in parables. He taught in parables. He used parables to illustrate truth, to reveal truth to those to whom truth was to be revealed, but to hide the truth of what he was saying from those who actually had the potential to harm him, but to reveal to the truth. It was in a parable that he brought truth that confused the people who he didn't want to understand it, but to illuminate the hearts and minds of people who he did. This is one of those parables, very rare in the Old Testament. We're going to go to Judges chapter 9, and we're going to talk about here, the Bible just describes the condition of people when they are not led. Look what it says here. Jotham told a parable about worthless people who seek to lead when, listen to this, good leaders will not step up and lead. That's what this parable is about. Worthless people who seek leadership when good people do not step up and lead. The Bible says here in Judges chapter 9, verse 7, when Jotham was told about this, and I'm going to explain to you what this is in just a moment, he climbed to the top of Mount Gerizim and he shouted, Listen to me, citizens of Shechem, so that God may listen to you. One day, the trees went out to anoint a king for themselves. This is the parable. And he's doing it to reveal truth to people who need to understand what he's saying, but to hide it from those who he didn't want to understand it so he would not die as a result of telling truth. Have you got it? Have you got it? One day, the trees went out to anoint themselves a king for Shechem. So I can already tell you now that Jotham is telling a parable, and he's talking about the trees, and the trees are the people of Shechem. He's going, listen to me, citizens of Shechem, so that God may listen to you. One day, the trees went out to anoint a king for themselves. They were looking for a leader. They wanted to anoint a king, anoint a king. Every say anoint. And it says, so they said to the olive tree, be our king. But the olive tree answered, should I give up my oil, which is both gods and men are honored to hold sway over the trees? So next, the trees turned to the fig tree, and they said, come be our king. But the fig tree replied, should I give up my fruit so sweet and so good to hold sway over the trees? Then the trees turned to the vine, come be our king. But the vine answered, should I give up my wine, which cheers both God and men to hold sway over the trees? So finally, after everybody else, That was the natural thought choice process had refused to lead. The Bible says here that finally, verse 14, the tree said to the thorn bush, come be our king. But even the thorn bush said, if you really want to anoint me as king over you, come take refuge under my shade. But if not, then let fire come out from the thorn bush and consume the cedars of Lebanon. Now, what is that parable about? You ever read them? and go, what the flip? Amen. You ever, like when you think about it, and I want to give you some understanding here. You see, Abimelech was anointed as the king of Shechem. Okay? Because anyone else who was going to potentially could have led them was literally massacred. Jotham, by the way, when he heard of this, remember I said, I'm going to talk to you about that. Jotham was Gideon's son, and it was Gideon's son Jotham who escaped a massive execution. There was a massacre of Abimelech that killed 70 potential leaders before him, and they were all his brothers. Anybody who was in line for the legitimacy of the throne, the Bible tells us here that Abimelech had them all killed. The only one that escaped the massacre was this young man and he climbs up on a hill, and now these people have chosen Abimelech to be the king over Shechem. And he wants the terrible parable, you have chosen poorly in Abimelech. Are you hearing me? This man just wiped out my whole family. I'm of the seed of Gideon. Anybody who had a rightful claim to the throne was removed. And now, as a result, you've chosen somebody who was an illegitimate, controlling, manipulating, murdering leader. And if you don't believe that this is true, think about World War II with Adolf Hitler. What gave rise to, to make Adolf Hitler the, the Fuhrer of Germany was that there was such a challenge and a crisis and an absence of leadership In that nation that nobody all the good people who could have led and should have led refused to lead they said who would want to be a leader of this nation at this time and every one of them refused to lead and when good people refuse to lead it brings up dictators and controllers and manipulators and we see it right through the Old Testament we see it in the New Testament and we see it in our world today when good people refuse to lead in, our, in this nation, in our city, in our churches, in our families, when good people do not step up and lead, it gives legitimacy and opportunity to illegitimate leaders who have a different agenda and seek to control and manipulate and dominate. And I just think there's a cry coming out of our nation. There's a cry coming out of our states. Somebody! Please lead me. Who do I trust? Who can I turn to? You see, it's a tragedy that the trees that they turned to all saw that their leadership was something that was beneath them. Should I give up? They said. Should I give up? Should I what a waste of time. They saw it as casting pearls before swine. I believe there's a cry for leadership in this city. Do you believe there's a cry for leadership in this city? Come on, somebody. And so let me just talk to you about the trees for a minute. Is that okay? Can I just talk to you about these different trees? The Bible says that the first person they turned to well, was, the, was the olive tree. The trees were looking for a king. And so you've got to think about this because if you know anything about trees in the day in which this was written, the olive tree would have been the first choice for the trees to turn to to look for a king. You see, the olive tree, listen to this, was the most ancient of trees. The olive tree is the most tried and tested and proven tree. It would make sense that the trees would look to the olive tree as a leader. You see, an olive tree is ancient. He's wise. She's a sage. She's been around. She's seen some stuff. She's not Johnny come lately. She's not some new fad and some new idea. She's been through the storms and the seasons. She's got longevity. The olive tree would be the most mature, the most reliable, the most stable, the most tried, tested, and proven tree of all trees. And can I tell you, the olive tree is not just because she's ancient, means that it's always old people. Because you can be a young olive tree, but you're still an olive tree. Are you hearing me? And this is not a a message. that just gives legitimacy to people who are older because if you've got the DNA of an olive tree in you and you're an olive tree, you can still lead in Jesus' name. And you're surrounded in an environment of other olive trees who are helping you as well. You see, the trees turn to the number one choice, the natural choice, the right choice. The person they should have turned to for leadership would have been the olive tree. Tried, tested. Proven, mature, reliable, steadfast. Are you hearing me? But then, of course, we know the Bible tells us that they wouldn't do it. And I think about the olive tree, and I think about people like this. I think about Steve Green and the Green family with Hobby Lobby. They're, without a doubt, an olive tree kind of leader in the business world, in the marketplace, a very successful company. And yet they were willing to actually say to make a decision that we will not have our stores open any longer on a Sunday because we want to follow the example of the Chick-fil-A example that they weren't open on Sundays. And they wanted to make a statement to the nation that God can bless you by following his principles. You see, that's an olive tree. That's somebody that's tried and tested. They stood up against the whole uh, pressure of health care where they had to actually endorse their employees to be given... Morning after pills, uh, and so that you know people could actually not wanting to get pregnant could literally abort the birth of a baby. And they said, We are willing to take this to the Supreme Court. And they won a legal balance a challenge in the Supreme Court of the United States. And they were willing, they told me, I spoke to them, they said they were willing to literally let their company be closed down if they were not successful. So strong was their conviction in the pro-life statement this is what they said are you with me here and I think to myself that's an olive tree that's somebody who's a Christian family that is showing example of somebody that says somebody lead me in Jesus name amen but then of course the olive tree wouldn't lead so who do they turn to they turn to the fig tree well the fig tree is a good second choice if the olive tree I mean think about the fig tree the fig tree was the most common tree in all of Israel And so think about it. It's fruit was good. Well, we don't have the ancient, the mature, the reliable, the steady, the tested, the proven. Well, they won't lead us. We're trees. We need leaders. There's a cry for leadership. We'll turn to, listen to it, to the fig tree. The fig tree's fruit was good. It was was good. Okay, it's not great, but it's good. Okay, we'll let them lead us. We need leadership. We need someone to lead us. So the fig tree was the most common. I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, they, they, we're familiar with them. They're safe. They're everywhere. We bump across the, the fig tree everywhere we go. There's a fig tree. They, 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 they understand us. We bump shoulders with them. They're, they're good. Are you hearing me? There's nothing bad about them. They're good. We know them. They know us. We interact on a daily basis. Are you catching it? Familiar. But then, of course, the fig tree wouldn't do it. So then they turned to the vine. Well, the olive tree wouldn't do it. And the fig tree wouldn't do it. But the vine, think about the vine. Its vintage was to produce wine and to make men happy. Well, if we can't get the seasoned, mature person who's going to lead us, and we can't get the good, the familiar, the safe, then we're going to turn to the vine. The vine, its vintage was to produce wine. Well, if we can't get seasoned, tested, pure, proven, reliable, and if we can't get good, familiar, We'll just go with happy. We'll just be happy. And that's what some people resort to. Well, we'll just be happy. We'll just all be a happy group of people. We we, we know these trees and we'll be happy. But even the vine said no. So then they turned to the bramble bush. Well, what we do know about the bramble bush is the bramble bush had one primary use in that day. Do you know what it was? It was for kindle, for cooking fires in the wilderness. In, a, in other words, the bramble bush, if you want to start a fire, that the kind of branch you'd get first is the thorn bush. You hearing me? It's a bramble bush. It's, it's light. It's easily lit on fire. It's, it's starting wood. You with me here? It's good for starting a fire. It has no longevity to it, but it can get heat going to start the other timber to cook. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That is literally what the bramble bush was known for. Matter of fact, not only was it just good for that, but if you actually understand Jotham as being so sarcastic. You and I, we miss this. We read this and we don't understand the sarcasm. So let me bring you into the sarcasm. Because Jotham is talking about who the people of Shechem chose as a king in their choosing of Abimelech because Abimelech just killed everybody. Are you hearing me? That could have had a rightful claim to the throne. And so here's his sarcasm. It was obvious to everybody of those people in that time. The bramble bush, think about it, its, its shadow was puny. A bramble bush. What kind of a shade does a bramble bush offer to a tree? And the bramble bush is, if you really want to anoint me as your king, come under my shade. Well, the truth be told, a tree can offer more shade than a bramble bush. Such is the desperation and the cry of leadership that I believe exists in government today, in politics today, in business today. We need some people who will stand up and be leaders and be olive trees. Because if we don't, the thorn bush will riot its ugly head and we will live with the consequences. We need teachers who are Christian that are going to give leaders. We need business people who are Christian who give leadership. We need sports people in our nation that are giving leadership. Can somebody say amen? We need in the in in local government. We need Christians who don't just go, it's too hard, it's too difficult. We need people who will step up and lead. Otherwise, we will end up with far less than what God has for us. The bramble bush shadow was puny. And by the way, you know that if you don't come under my shade, he goes, then let fire come out from me and burn all the cedars of Lebanon. Do you know, did you realize that the threat of fire was so real to those people? They were very familiar with the threat and with the fire of a bramble bush that spread like wildfire and caused great damage and destroyed all of their crops You see, these people, their greatest fear was a fire that came from a bramble bush, for it would wipe out a whole season's worth of work. And here they turn to the bramble bush. Anybody beginning to see Jotham's sarcasm now? Anybody beginning to understand what's really going on? And so the olive tree said, watch this, should I give up my oil to lead you or to sway over you? And I want to think to to myself, what a tragedy. The olive brush, the olive tree rather, saw it as something to give up its leadership. Should I give up my what? Oil. My oil. My anointing. Are you hearing me? Should I give it up? And once refused, the olive tree, they turned to the fig. And listen what the fig said. Should I give up my fruit? which is so good and so sweet to lead or to hold sway over you. And once refused by the fig, they turned to the vine. And the vine said, Should I give up my wine with both cheese, but with both cheese, God and men, to lead you or to hold sway over you? And once again, refused by the vine, they turned to the bramble bush. And the bramble bush, one more time, says, Come take shade under me. But if not, let fire come out from me and consume all the cedars of Lebanon. You see, the number one choice was the olive tree and the problem with the olive tree is and that's the problem with people in the church today is they think to themselves well I'm too blessed God's blessed me in other words and watch the Bible says that anointing is what breaks the yoke in other words do you know what it actually means it means fat the fat as you get stronger and put on more weight and more fat you break the yoke you get bigger and God wants us to get bigger, but he doesn't want us to get bigger for the sake of doing nothing. There's a purpose to the bigness. We break the yoke of bondage over our lives and over other people's lives. But the tragedy is these people refused to lead. They got too fat. They got too blessed. They got too anointed. They got the oil and they thought the oil was for them and they did not realize that oil was never just for them. It was for them to bring leadership and direction and hope to other people's lives. And sometimes in the church world, there's too many people who are once serving God and they got so blessed in their serving God that they're no longer giving the leadership that God called them to give because they just sat down and just thought it's another person, it's another day, it's another generation. And I've just come to say to the olive, trees, come on, God still needs you in Jesus' name, there's still a place for you in the house of God, we cannot see our leadership as giving something up, we got to see our leadership as God's blessed us to be a blessing in Jesus' name, can anybody say amen? I think of an Old Testament example of an olive tree has to be Samuel. Samuel who anointed King Saul to be the king of Israel. Samuel who was anointed by God and used by God. His whole story of how he's brought up in the temple is a story in and of itself and how God prepared him and God spoke to him and Samuel gladly and willingly and happily followed after what God told him to do. And Samuel was so proud to anoint the first king of Israel and he was so proud of his boy Saul. But then the Bible says God rejected Saul because of the mistakes that Saul had made under his leadership and God said I've rejected him and, <laughs> and the Bible says in First Samuel I think it's chapter 10 or chapter 13 God says as he realizes Samuel listen I've rejected Saul but I've got a new king And then he turns to Samuel and he says, How long will you mourn over Saul since I've rejected him? He became an olive tree who refused to lead. Because of somebody that he put in leadership, because of what God used him, and now this person hasn't made it. He stopped serving God. He ceased being a leader. He got too fat and too blessed and he stopped. And there are some people today in the church who have stopped leading because something didn't happen the way you thought it would happen. And God says, listen, come on. He says, first... Samuel chapter 10 he goes come on how long will you mourn over Saul? It's chapter 13, I just remembered. And verse 1, how long will you mourn over Saul? Saul? In other words, God gave him time to get over the rejection. God gave him time to deal with the disappointment. How long means it's been long enough. Come on, my friend, you're an olive tree. I have anointed you. I have called you. And you've been sitting still doing nothing long enough. You've been recovering in the sense of heartache and disappointment. There are too many leaders in the church who are disappointed that God didn't do what he what what they wanted him to do that have stopped serving God and you see your leadership Lord it's too I'm just too fat I'm too blessed I'm I'm too anointed and you see what God has given you is almost like it's a waste it's below you it's beneath you you've been paralyzed with a fear or a disappointment and God says come on get your oil and go and I've come this morning to tell somebody come on how long will you mourn over what happened in the past come on get your oil and go get up amen God says get up. Come on Samuel, get up. There's a new boy in town. His name's David and I want to use you just like I used you to bring Saul. I want to now raise up this person and I want you to anoint him. Can I tell you God is crying out. People, come on church, will we please lead? Don't be sitting down going, been there, done that, seen it all. That is what an, an olive tree is. That's absolutely what an olive tree is. The olive tree has seen a lot. It is ancient. It is mature and the danger would seem too much and being too mature is we can so figure out the end game that we think why bother but I've come to say come on somebody get your oil get up and go there's a whole new people God's called us to reach and we're not to sit on our blessing and just go we're fat and anointed come on somebody say amen see oil is symbolic of the anointing number two the fig tree was too busy too fruitful to lead I see it happen too often in church life. The fig tree, should I give up my oil? I'm, I'm, I'm successful. Life just got good. What's that, Micah? You want me to do what now? Listen, man, I just got my income where I want it to be. I just got all my ducks in a row. I finally got a bit of a sweet rhythm. Are you hearing me? The fig tree. Okay, it, it's, it's, it's like I, life just got good. Life just got successful. And now you want me to do what? Are you hearing me? It's like the parable in the New Testament about those who were invited to the to the to the supper, and and and, and they said, "Sorry." I uh, the first one said, "I can't go. I I've I've just got you know investments. I've got things I've got to do, and I can't go." And then the second one said, "Listen, I brought seven yoke of oxen. I've I'm a i have i am work six days a week. I can't really get involved. I can't really participate." And the and then the third one says, "Dude, I just got married." I, I just, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just a newlywed, and I'm just trying to make life all about me and my wife and trying to build a future for myself. And every one of them refused to participate in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And it's an example of what it is. Listen to this. For the fig, anybody catching this? this the fig tree was too busy, too fruitful, too successful to lead. Why should I give up my fruit? Life is, I've just got some fruit. I've just got some blessing. I've just got some evidence. I just got the job I wanted. I just got busy and now, why would, I, why would I give that up? And I'm not saying God's saying, give up your job. But I'm saying God's blessed you to be a blessing. Come on, somebody. God's calling us to lead. And if you don't hear the cry that's coming out of this city, if you don't hear the cry that's coming out of this nation, we're either deaf or we're, we're deaf or we've deliberately turned an ear. There is a cry in the church world. There's a cry in the city. There's a cry in for leadership. Somebody! Please lead me. And if we don't, it will give rise to an Abimelech. It'll give rise to a dictator. It'll give rise to illegitimate, controlling, and manipulating leaders that will promote their own agenda. Can, come on, somebody say amen. So then it caused the vine. The vine was all about making people happy, and it was intoxicating. And we have in the church world today a theology of happiness. We just, I just want to be happy. And happiness becomes more important than servitude. Happiness has become elevated above even in a marriage. Well, I'm just not happy in the marriage anymore. Well, there's going to be times in a marriage where you're not going to be happy. And you're going to have to work through the challenges. But you go back to the vow, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and sickness and unhealth, till death do us part. It's not always happy. Where do we get the theology of happiness? Where do we get it? Daniel in the lion's den was not happy. But he trusted God, and in doing right, he was willing to suffer wrong. The Apostle Paul being stoned was not happy. He's he's not singing, never, 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 have I ever, ever, ever been so happy, happy, happy in my Lord. Are you hearing me? Here Here is Paul, the Apostle Paul, and he's being shipwrecked but he worked his way through it, and he kept on leading, and he kept on preaching, and he didn't stop because he knew God was with him, and God was for him, and we're not just all about making ourselves happy. I do believe God wants us to be joyful, but joyful is different than happiness. Happiness is based on the circumstance. Joyful is based on the fruit of the Spirit. It's something that's in you. And we can have the joy of the Lord as our strength. And we can know joy in the valley. We can have joy in the hard times. We can trust that God is with us and God is good. But where is this idea that we're just all meant to be happy? And I'm not preaching sadness and I'm not preaching madness, and I'm not preaching sorrow and misery, but I am here to say there's too many people in the church that are just into happy. I'm just happy the way things are. And when we fail to lead, it gives rise to people who end up leading that actually will do more harm than good. Can anybody hear the cry? Somebody, please lead me in jesus name come on somebody say amen so of course we know who they ultimately turned to was the bramble bush it was a worthless shade to the covering of the trees and he said come under my shade and i will cover you the trees were bigger and better than the bramble bush the bramble bush said come under me why do we allow inferior people to lead us Notice each of the valid and the valuable leaders saw their blessing as a waste of their leadership time and of consideration. I'm too blessed. I'm too fat. I'm too successful. I'm too fruitful. I'm too happy. My happiness pleases God, you know. And each of them forgot why God blessed them. They lead. Listen to this. To lead, they turn the blessings on themselves. I see it happen. A, Christian per, a person gets saved in church, and they, they meet Jesus, and then their whole life gets turned around. And as they get involved in church, and they start serving, and they sit under leadership, and they sit under a vision, and then their life begins to move forwards, and then they meet their spouse, and they get married, and they buy a house, and God starts bless, blessing their business and they venture into a great life and before you know it they just make life all about themselves and lose touch with church church becomes optional church attendance and church frequency they say the newest statistic the average committed christian that goes to church their frequency of church attendance is now once every eight sundays and that is someone who calls himself a committed Christian to their local church. I'm not talking about people who are serving in leadership. I'm not talking about people on the worship team, because if they weren't there, there'd be no worship. I'm talking about beyond that level of leadership, the person who considers their church, their church home, is only attending church once every eight weeks, the national average. Thank God you are not the national average. But you know what? When I heard that statistic, I sent our team in to do some research. I wanted to find out, well, where are we? And so through our children's leaders' uh, registration, because to drop off a child, you need to register so we know what families are attending and the frequency. Also through the giving of checks and, and and finances, through the offering, we're able to tell the frequency of their participation and attendance of church based on that. And to my shock, I found out not the average community group leader, those sorts of people, but the average person that would call Wave Church their church home, attended church once every five Sundays. And I thought to myself, dear God, we are promoting spiritual infancy. These are people who've made the church something that is for them rather than what the church, how we bring our lives in Jesus' name. The Bible says, neglect not the gathering together of the saints. And we've got a bunch of trees crying out for leadership. This city of Raleigh is not yet one for Jesus. And they're asking, somebody, please lead me but the Christian couple that God blessed and they got married have taken their family to their weekender and they're never in church like they used to and they're not serving in the children's ministry. They're not offering their leadership in any areas of church life anymore and we are seeing the rising of a thornbush leader that is not what God wants in his house in Jesus' name and my friends, I've come today to talk to you. Come on, let's be the olive tree. Let's be the fig tree. Let's be the vine. Let us not let illegitimate things rise up and lead when God wants you and I to step up do not see why God has blessed you and your business and your family as something that now you just make everything about your pleasure and your comfort we are here to plunder hell and populate heaven we are here to see the church be all that she's called to be we are not called to just sit down once we get blessed by God and do nothing and just write a check and send in an offering we're here to make a difference we're here to build the local church and Jesus said I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot and shall not and will not prevail against it I'm calling for leaders I'm calling for people who are blessed by God to say come on there's a cry in this city will you lead them will you love them will you serve them will you give your life to see and I'm not saying that you won't enjoy your life I'm going to tell you I'm blessed by God and I love what I do But I've never, I long ago carried the cost of Sunday. Sunday will never be mine. And why some people love their Sunday morning sit in and read in of their newspaper and mow their lawns. Not for me. As for me, in my house, God's house will be a priority. I will serve in the house of God. And if I put my children and if I put my finances and I put my time and my effort into the one thing that Jesus is building and hell cannot prevail against it. If I put my life, my energy, my passion, my time into the one thing hell's not prevailing. Prevailing, then hell won't prevail over my children if I put my children in the house of God. And hell won't prevail over my finances if I put my finances into the house of God. And hell won't prevail over my time if I put my time into building the house of God. Somebody, please lead me. I see a Christian sport person. Man, they're just so awesome. They're amazing. And I want Christian sports people. I celebrate them, but don't make it about you where you're too big to go to church. A person, don't make it about you. And I see when God blesses people, they forget the church is the hope of the world. We're here to build the church. And I'm calling for leaders today. In Jesus' name, do you receive the word? Come on, give a Lord a hand if you receive the word. Don't be too fat, too blessed, too anointed. Amen. God will bring all the things to you that you need. If you seek the Lord, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. I'm calling you to step it up. Come on, in this day, in this season of church life in Living Word Family Church, I'm calling to you. Look at me. Just step it up. Don't sit down. That's what your pastor is not doing. Stephen, Connie Corona are not sitting down. They're being generational leaders. And I'm just saying to you today that these guys would need you to say, Micah, Come on, Melissa, do all that's in your heart. I am with you, heart and soul. I don't want to be somebody who's just sitting down and just refusing to lead. I want to be, you can count on me. I'm going to step it up in Jesus' name. I'll be the olive tree that will lead. I'll be the fig. I'll be the vine in Jesus' name. We will not allow the bramble bush to lead in this church. And we will not allow the bramble bush to lead in this city there are people here god's called you to be on the uh what's i'm trying to find the right word for it i had it the holy spirit gave it to me and i'm trying to remember, just the, he gave it it's like the teachers the teachers um and parents what's it called the PTA, thank you very much. And you're thinking, what a waste of time that is. Well, wait, do you know what? Maybe God's called you to get involved in that thing. Maybe God's called you to get involved in in some area where you can give your leadership. And if we just go, somebody else will do it, all it will do is give rise to a thorn bush. And God's looking for the fig. He's looking for the olive. He's looking for the vine. And you are the fig. And you are the olive. And you are the vine. How do I know? Because it's a Wednesday morning at 10 a.m., and you're here. So this is the message God wanted you to hear this morning. Do you receive the Word? Come on, do you receive the Word? Come on, do you receive the Word? Oh, God wants you to be blessed. Please hear me. People in Wave Church, I see them, and God's blessed them with a nice, beautiful holiday home. And yes, they go do visit it. But I say to them, please, don't don't turn that blessing in and on yourself see to it that God's house is still a priority. Just recently, some of the wealthiest people in our church, I was in a a gathering with them and I said, guys, I need $600,000 in two days. I need to buy a building, but I need $600,000 cash, more than what we already have. And I remember sat down with these guys and one said, well, I'll give you 50. Another one said, well, I'll, I'll give you 50. Another one said, well, what do you mean only 50? Why don't you sell that Ferrari? And why don't you sell that? And this other guy goes, yeah, well, listen, you know that kitchen you're putting in, that new house? Why don't you just tell your wife we're going to hold off for six months? And why don't you write a check for 100000 And these people understand how God's blessed them. And in one meeting, we raised $600,000 cash because there's olive trees who haven't forgotten why God has blessed them in the name of Jesus. And the truth is, if we don't have people who aren't living that kind of life, we'll never do what God's called us to do as a church. So we're not trying to shame or condone or condemn anybody for being blessed. We're just trying to say, come on, never make that blessing in and always It's just about you. We are blessed to be a blessing. In Jesus' name. I remember one time one of the business people said to me, I want to sell my car and I want to give it to the church. It was worth half a million dollars. And I said, man, you have given so much money to the church. God wants you to enjoy your car. It's a half a million dollar car. Some people would struggle with anybody owning a half a million dollar car. I don't struggle because I know what this man does for the church. I know the time and the effort and the energy. And he's a builder of the house of God. And God has no God problem blessing him with that kind of a car. I said, keep the car, friend. Enjoy it. Just let me drive it once in a while. Amen. Come to think of it, he never has let me drive that car. And I don't blame him because he'd know I'd probably put it into a wall going too fast. I'm just trying to say, come on. God is good. Life is good, but we need leaders. I want to pray for people today. And you say, Steve, I want to be that olive tree. Maybe this morning you say, look, I don't know if I'm an olive tree, but I could be a fig. I don't know if I'm a fig tree, but I could be the vine. And I just want to pray for people today. God's really stirring your heart today to step up. To get involved in community, to get involved in society, to get involved in church life, to really step up and make a difference. I just want to pray for you today. Is that okay? Is that okay? Come on, look at me now. All right, I'm not getting a whole lot of movement here. I thought this would be more of an inspirational message. I feel like I'm, okay, is anybody receiving this word? I I want you to turn on the news when you go home today, even if you're not used to turning on the news. And I don't want you to just hear the story. Do you know what there's a cry for? It's a cry for help. And here we are. The church is the hope of the world. Can you say amen? Discern the real noise. Discern the real cry. Who do we trust? Who can lead us? And I say it's time for the church to be all that God's called her to be. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Can we do it? If that message spoke to you, you really felt like the Holy Spirit put a tug on your heart. Maybe you once were involved in the musicians and you, and you just felt like, you know what, I'm not doing that. But maybe the Holy Spirit is pr- pulling on your heart to get back involved and give your God-given talent to God in Jesus' name. Now offer it. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes people in our church, they, they, they had to step out of an area of church life because it got a bad attitude. And then they say, all right, I want to get back involved. And they go, well, how's your attitude? And if it hasn't changed, well, just, okay, let's just keep working on the attitude. But there are too many people who I believe once were like Saul, Samuel, serving God. But something happened, a disappointment happened. And you sat down. And I can tell you, God's okay with that. Because God even said, I'll give him time. But even God got to the point where he said, how long? In other words, it's been long enough. Come on, get your oil and go. There's still people that need Jesus. There's still a world that is not yet reached for God. Can you say amen? And I want to pray for you today. If you maybe somebody say, I don't know what I am, but I could be the fig. I could be the vine. I could be the olive maybe. And I want to be that kind of person. I want to lead and I'm willing to spend and give my life serving God no matter what it looks like in Jesus' name. I just want to pray for you. Can we all close our eyes? If that message spoke to you, somewhere, somehow, in business, come on, in media, in sport. I love the fact that Micah and Melissa's son is playing soccer, and I think is he the captain of the team? Is that what I heard? Oh, that's that's somebody leading, making a difference. If you say, God, I'm willing to step it up. God, I'm willing to serve you. God, I don't know what I am. I'm an olive. I'm a fig. I'm a vine, but I'll, I'll serve you. I'll lead. Put your hand in the air. Let me see you. Oh wow, look at you all. Amen. I, I want us to do something just for a moment, please, just for a moment. I'm gonna respect the time. But everybody who lifted your hand, come and stand down here, because I think there's something powerful about getting out of where you are and coming to a place where God will meet with you. If you lifted your hand, come and stand down here. And I just want you to just just say, God, I'll be the fig. God, I'll be the olive tree. God, I'll be the vine. God, I'll be what you want me to be. I'll do what you want me to do in Jesus' name. That business that God put you in, it's for a purpose. God wants it to be successful. Did you hear it? I want you to hear, listen to me now. The fig tree was successful. Are you hearing me? It was successful. The sad thing is it saw its success as a waste of an investment into the trees. Don't ever see what God has blessed you with as a wasted investment into other people in Jesus' name. It is why God has blessed you. It is because that God has blessed you. You got something to give in Jesus' name. Does that make sense? Amen. Does that make sense? Maybe right now, you know, in terms of just life, you just go, God, life just got good. Maybe for you, it's just time. It's just time. It's just, God, you're asking me to do what? Come on, give your time to God. He'll redeem the time. Lift your hands, everybody up the front. Father, you see everyone. And Lord, I thank you for this altar call. And I'm asking God that this altar call might alter people's calls today. I'm asking, God, as we stand here before you, we say we are you, yours. We declare today, Father, that we'll lead. Wherever you open the door, wherever you open a door, Father, we will go into it. We will not back down. We will not give up. We will not lose heart. We'll get our royal, and we'll go in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, lift your hands and say, God, I'll go. God, I'll go. Come on, say, God, I'll, I'll go where you called me to go. Come on, say, God, I'll, call, I'll do what you've called me to do. Say, God, I'll be who you've called me to be. Do you hear the cry? Do you hear the cry? Somebody, please leave me in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood. There's a cry for help. And we stand here today, God, and we say, here we are. Send us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise if you receive it. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on.